passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to the April 29th edition of Post Perez here at postwrestling.com. I am, of course, your host for this show. My name is WH Park. And uh, yeah, we got a lot of things to talk about, about Japanese wrestling, about Japan itself. And joining me today is a first time uh, guest here at postwrestling.com, uh, someone whose uh, timeline on, on socials I, I follow very, um, in, not intensely not i wouldn't i don't want to say that that sounds like, <laughs> sound like a weirdo uh but i i enjoy uh her 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 socials because like there's a lot of it involving wrestling about japanese wrestling that um because she's very fluent in japanese it it, it gets translated a lot and my poor state of affairs as far as like the uh about l- knowing japanese and speaking japanese and reading japanese it 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 really makes like understanding things a lot easier for me. So uh, with that being said, I want to introduce my guest today. It's, and that's Karen Peterson. Karen, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me on today. No problem. So it is your first time here at postwrestling.com. It is my debut, as it were. Well, yoroshiku onegaishimasu. Yoroshiku onegaishimasu. Yes. So one thing I want to let people know about you is that you, like me, you 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 lived in Japan for for period of time unlike me you you have you have mastered the language to uh, <laughs> an amazing degree unlike me who spent almost 10 years there and has sur- what i call survivable japanese like but god forbid i have to go to the you know shakusho and 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 do some like paperwork hey you know kanachan can you come with me <laughs> sure <laughs> hi wh sensei i come with you okay great awesome you know, or even because I'd say, can you go with me to, to the city hall? Yes. Okay. I need to go to the doctor. I need to call somebody. That's the, the, that's very much the relatable life of an ALT, especially one out in the r- rural parts of Japan. Right. So for me, I was living in Totori, which is one of the leastly densely populated and most rural prefectures in all of Japan. 
So the way I look at it and explain it to people is that I could not go to a McDonald's and order a cheeseburger with a picture menu without knowing some semblance of Japanese. And there was nothing more humbling than having a group of my students behind me in line who had to help me and then proceed to tell everybody at school the next day that I couldn't order food at a McDonald's, which is American fast food. So I, I started learning and studying very hard right after that. <laughs> I mean, I, I was very lucky. I, I lived in first, my first time in Japan, I lived in Osaka. And then my second time in Japan, the last round was like in the Shizuoka prefecture in the city of Numazu. And I had a lot of support, like, not only from coworkers, but from uh, my students slash friends who were more than willing to like, you know, you know, like um, devote their time and efforts to, to helping me out if I really, really, really needed help. But, you know, I don't, I don't need uh, that kind of help anymore back in, back in Canada. I uh, just, I need different kind of help here, here in the city of Toronto. Uh, don't we all? Um, we, oh, oh, yes. Uh, well, I think Ontario is a special case these days, but anyways, but one thing I, I wanted to bring that up is like, you know, one thing you you provide for a lot of people who follow you on Twitter, especially, I would say, is that you do a lot of translation of like, you know, different like tweets put out by like, you know, mainly, I think, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Would that be fair to say? Yes, the majority of my translations tend to focus on New Japan and a little bit of stardom, uh, largely because I, uh, all Japan has their own English account. And there is a person named Hisame who I follow for Noah translations. So. I let I let those who do, who have you know their own root systems in those uh, promotions, and I just follow along. Yes, we have we've had Hisami on uh, the the All Japan Masawa Biography Show, great guest, and definitely someone whose work I follow for for pro wrestling Noah as well. But I, I think one thing like I wanted to really kind of let people know, like when the you know when Hena Kimura died. Uh, last year like one of the accounts that I really followed very closely was yours because you 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 made the effort to like really kind of get like the real information out there instead of like having some of these accounts like Google Translate something that they that they you know found from like you know some tweet from Fuji TV or some something like that or some other person and then all this misinformation getting out there like you took the time and effort to like listen you're gonna go to you know, Kyoko Kimura's account, you're going to see what she has to say, and you're going to put it out there for the, 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 the wider, like, range of fans to get the real information about what, what went, went down with, you know, Hannah Kimura and why, like, she committed suicide and things like that. So that, that's something, like, I want people to know. That's why I, you know, like, I find your, 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 tw- your, your Twitter account very invaluable, and that's something, that's why you're, you're going to be, you know, you're here on the show with me today. I really appreciate that. Uh, One of the biggest things that I aim to do on Twitter, especially, is I try to bridge the language barrier between the Japanese uh, fan community and the English speaking fan community, especially in New Japan, because when there's ever, pardon me, whenever there's a large event here in the States um, and, you know, they have meet and greets, the way we do things here is very different than the way they hold them in Japan when, you know, the world is quote unquote normal. So I had to explain to them that, you know, there are there are differences, but knowing what those differences are and can help build a better understanding. And when it came to Hana's passing, it was probably one of the most emotionally draining weeks for me because I wanted to make sure that everything I was saying and translating was doing was accurately conveying the emotions, because that's one of the biggest things about machine translations is that nuance and emotion 
can be very lost unironically in translation. So I, it's almost been a year, but it's been one of the, like the, not something I take pride in, but it was something that it meant a lot to me to be able to help the community with the healing process because it was such a very devastating and it still is, it still affects many people today that I want to be someone who can help make the community have a better understanding of each other, regardless of language. Definitely. And we're coming up on like the, you know, the, the, the memorial show Correct. For, for her. And like, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, like going to be definitely, you know, keeping an eye out for your tweets about like things that are probably going to be coming out of that show. And, you know, hopefully like, you know, cross your fingers. It's, it's a, it's a successful show. And like uh, people on, on that show, like many of them who are like very close with Hannah Kimura when she was alive, like her coworkers and different promotions are going to like, maybe get some kind of not, not closure necessarily, but feel like a more like a celebration of her life rather than like, you know, reminder of her death. Yeah. And it, the, the difficult thing is that I believe it comes up either one year to the day of her passing. So it's going to be emotional on many levels, but the fact that it, it sold out almost instantly was a very pro- promising sign for it. And hopefully there, it seems that they're also working on being able to live stream it for uh, both within Japan and outside of Japan. So hope fingers crossed more information on that'll be coming soon. And there's um, another translator named Farah on Twitter and she does a lot, a lot of the Hanakamura related uh, tweets, especially because w- she was in the Terrace House side of the fandom. So if you can find Farah Akase, she's a great person to follow as well. Definitely. She is someone like, you know, myself, John Pollock and a host of other people would like, know kind of quote because like Farah put out just so much like you know uh, the the amount of information and like the accuracy of information was just uh, incredibly invaluable but one one thing I want to get to before we get to Japan I, I want to see so you're you're in the state of Florida correct I am in Orlando the city beautiful in central Florida and so like people who who watch don't watch Japanese wrestling but may, might watch you know NXT might might have seen you on NXT television because you have you you used to be <laughs> i would you say regular at NXT I shows? was i was very much pre covid a NXT regular week in week out um often you i've caught on camera a lot <laughs> i think I, your most memorable appearance is when like you know Kyrie Sane and Asuka came to NXT to defend their tag team titles against, I think it was Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. And you had the Japanese flag and Kyrie came over to, to acknowledge it. And I thought, oh, it's Karen. Yep, it's me. And if you go back and watch the second May Young Classic, you'll see me in uh, at ringside with the same flag during like Mako Satomura's entrances and Io Shirai's entrances. So yeah, I'm, I'm one of those fans that I ha- often have to explain to people that I have ties to Japan lasting well over 20 years at this point. So it's one of those things where it's still very much a part of who I am. And I tried to sh- show that, but sometimes I end up looking like like the weird, the weird weeb in the audience being like, yeah, I love Japan. But no, I, it's, it goes way deeper than that. I think because of my own experiences, like living in Japan myself, and, and I, I can safely say, I'm pretty sure I'm not a weebo. I'd like to think I'm not either. Like, because like, I have I, interests, but like, I don't, I don't like fetishize Japan. No, I will tell you. Like, some people might say, "Oh, it's a magical, par- you know, paradise of like drinking all night and 
and like wrestling every day. And I'm like, mm, no, you've never actually lived there. So being you a tourist don't... and living there are two different oh, things. For sure. You never had to go to City Hall, have you? You, you never tried to get a bank account, have you, in Japan? As a foreigner. <laughs> you never waited for the one train an hour and realized you forgot your honko. So you have to walk back home to go it, get it. Honko, for those of you who don't know, is like is like the stamp, your, your like name stamp. Signaturing stamp, yeah. Like, yeah, that anyone can, can make. And, and pretend to be you, by the way. But, but anyways, yeah, but- I don't want to divulge into that. But one thing I wanted to ask you, Karen, <laughs> yeah. uh, one thing I wanted to, to ask you is like, you, you, I think you have been to, um, you've been to Full Sail. You've been to the Performance Center. I have. And you have now been to the Capitol Wrestling Center. Well, I, yes. The Capitol Wrestling Center, unironically, is also the Performance Center. <laughs> but it's, it's the, the same exact room with just the the setting rearranged but yeah i've been through to the i guess you could call the the three iconic nxt related venues in orlando but my my question with with bringing that up was is like what is the like what was the protocol to get into the capital wrestling center during covid during covid so there was they basically sent out an email to a group of folks who usually use NXT ticket force to buy their tickets. So it's usually all the regular, like all the people you usually see around the ring or in the audience. Those are the people that they send all the ticket or the, uh, the list to. And basically it's first come first serve our RSVP. And you have to agree to wear a mask, social distance. You have to agree to take a COVID test. And also you have to wait for your results the day of. So the COVID test is the day before, and then basically you find out if they process it fast enough that night, if not the next day around like lunchtime. And then you have to go there, you have to queue up, you have to uh, sign a waiver, they have to do a thermal uh, thermal uh, temperature check, and then they escort you into the building. Um, if you're in a group, they try to put group people who are in a group together. And if you're by yourself, you just kind of make friends with people in line or try to find someone that you wouldn't mind sharing a pod with and then they just file you in wow you know file you up. <laughs> that, that that procedure like besides the waiver that procedure sounds like the complete opposite of trying to see the ufc show last week yes and you do have to wear your mask uh while you're in the venue at all times that you are able to uh they provided like water and like i think powerade or whatever and you can have like a little like, you know quick sips of that but for the most part you have to keep your mask on during the entire time but yeah, I saw I saw pictures and videos of the UFC, and I was just like, I'm really uncomfortable knowing that this is happening three hours from my house. Yeah, well, it's a you know Dana White decided like he likes money more than people's lives because he is a, a, a you know a confirmed sociopath in my opinion. This oh, is my gosh. opinion. Uh, you know, like, anyways, I don't want to talk about Dana White. I'll, I'll, I'll get really angry if I talk about Dana White. <laughs> but anyways, let, let's move to Japan. And we're going to talk about Japan overall, because they just declared um, uh, back in when, when was this like, uh, just recently, they declared over, over the I think Friday or over the weekend. Yeah, they declared a third state of emergency due to the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. And this means that there's these new restrictions that have been imposed on the city of Tokyo, Osaka, and uh, and the Kyoto and Hyoko prefectures. Oh, sorry, like, yeah, yeah. Like, and, and the wider regions of these of these cities as well. Um, just so people know, I've, I'm taking a lot of this information from an article written by Bill Chappell that uh, was published on April 23rd at uh, npr.org. So please check out that article. You can find it easily with uh, with a Google search. Um, one of the things like 
that, you know, like one of the things that they want to do with the state of emergency care is to try to salvage, hopefully having this, the, you know, last year's summer, Olymp- um, summer Olympics have happened this year, which, you know, they're scheduled to begin in July. I don't know about that, but also they're, they're entering like, you know, a, a holiday you and I are very familiar with, and that's <sighs> Golden Week. One of the best, happening pretty, best pretty times of year. <laughs> you know? So Golden Week, for those who don't know, please explain it very quickly. Golden Week is a series of like national holidays that are like all strung together. And I believe actually t- the 20th, or no, 20th, it's either today or tomorrow, it starts it off with uh, Showa no Hi, which was like, I guess, the start of the Showa era. And then there's Children's Day. And uh, I think there's couple of other ones but there's like four or five days so it ends up having like almost like four like a week off of work and school and everybody gets to go enjoy it basically it's like a spring break that's built into the the national calendar yeah so for a lot of like you know foreigners who work in japan especially like language teachers this is like oh my god we get a full week off from from work amazing like for for japanese people though it might be like like a lot of the people I knew who worked corporate were like, oh, I got three days off. Well, you don't have a full week? No, no, <laughs> it's just normal. You're supposed to have a full week, but you don't get a full week because it's Japan and it's corporate Japan, which is like one of the worst places to <laughs> work in, in the world, you know? Yes, I, I hope I never have to work corporate Japan ever again. It was uh, a soul-sucking experience. Oh, God, like I, that was my last job. But I mean, I, I, I didn't have to be full corporate, but there were like aspects of it like, Ugh. anyways, um, so the, the uh, emergency measures for the state of emergency, they're, they're not, it's not a full lockdown uh, no. that you would see like in other places, but there are limits on restaurants and, and other businesses, for example, like more, more, mainly entertainment businesses, right? Like, so bars um, or uh, karaoke places, they're, they're asked to close entirely. Uh, and then other establishments will close at 8 p.m. So I guess like places like, you know, shopping centers and movie theaters and things like that, you know, are asked to close at 8 p.m. But there's like, there's no enforcement of this Karen that's one of the big problems about Japan it's like oh we, we'd like you to do this but you know if you only if you want to if I could quote Pirates of the Caribbean the rules are more guidelines if you will exactly and these are these are in effect right now and they're supposed to run through at least May 11th correct May, maybe longer it, so it, it means that they could extend it very probably up until the last minute they could choose to extend it longer if the covid numbers don't go down so they basically want everyone to have a staycation for for golden week correct in japan um that being said are they going to suspend the the shinkansen the bullet train i don't know you know i don't think so (laughs) um and that's one of the problems with the the spread of covid is like if if you want if you see any photos or videos of people going to work in tokyo it's the same. There's no social distancing. You are basically in a Petri dish on a train of like, you know, viruses. You know, if, if one person on a crowded train in, in rush hour traffic in Tokyo has it, it's probably likely that, you know, say there's like 20 people crowded into one car, probably 15 of those people now have COVID. Yeah, they don't, the concept of asymptomatic transmission is very difficult for a lot of people, not just in Japan, but like around the world to understand. So it's one of those, like, even now, even if we're vaccine, uh, vaccined, vaccinated, it doesn't mean we can't get it or we can't transmit it. It's like the flu. You get a flu shot, you can still get the flu. You know what I mean? 
exactly. It's it's like I I still I I'm I'm almost fully vaccinated. I'm wearing my mask after I'm fully vaccinated. I'm still wearing my mask, you know, Same. and I still washing <laughs> my hands all the time too. So because because like like I think it's just it's just smart to do until like the the curve is entirely flattened. Like just be you know cautious. But you know the companies in Japan they don't see it that way. Oh, you still have to come to work. We still want you to you know work in the office and not work from home, even though like probably a lot of this stuff can be done remotely from, from people's, from the safety of people's homes. But anyways, one thing that we also have kept to mention here, Karen, is that there is no widespread vaccination plan in sight for Japan right now. There not are, just yet, no. <laughs> there are fewer than 850,000 people in Japan that are fully vaccinated. And if you think about that, there's over 26, 126 million people in Japan. That's, that's frighteningly low. Yeah, from what I've gathered, it's mainly frontline healthcare workers and those over the age of 65 who, are, who have been vaccinated. Those are the people they're focused on focusing on vaccinating first. And the other thing to keep in mind with Japan is that their, their health ministry has authorized only one vaccine. That's the Pfizer vaccine. Uh, neither Moderna nor AstraZeneca are slated to be used in the country. So, you know, Pfizer has to provide try to provide as much vaccine as possible, not to, not only to like the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom, where there's a huge demand for Pfizer, like in pretty much every country, that's like the, the top brand that people want. That's but the one like, I got. <laughs> that's what I've got. It, but they, you know, they have to try to, you know, provide for, you know, a hundred, over a hundred million people yeah. in one country. And like, I don't think that's going to be happening like fully anytime soon. Like they're, Japan has to kind of open up to Moderna and AstraZeneca and whatever else comes along in the market. Like, I, I don't see like Japan being fully vaccinated for a long, long time. It's just one of those things where it's, do you want to prioritize the sa- public safety over, you know, a brand loyalty? Because, you know, Moderna and Pfizer, to my knowledge, have about the same like, success rate. So why are they only selecting one over the other? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, and the other thing that I keep in mind is that like many Japanese people are also wary of, mm. of vaccines because there's been like, you know, decades long, you know, string of incidents and scandals that like kind of undermine public trust in, in the idea of getting vaccinated. Like That's I, so unfortunate. yeah, which is terrible. Like I, I was encouraged to get the, the flu shot, you know, when I, when I lived and worked in Japan by, by my company and stuff like that. But like, I asked my doctor one time, like, ah, how, how many, like, what number am I this week for getting the flu shot? And, and like, and they told me something to the effect of like, you're like, you know, the, the third person out of like, you know, 300 oh my gosh. patients that came through the clinic for, for a variety of reasons. Right. And I'm like, oh, well, that's not good because also it's, 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 it's also kind of a costly, you know, thing to get a flu yeah. vaccination. So, um, yeah, even with like, I think a really nice health system that they have over there, like it's still kind of pricey to get the, the flu, the flu shot, but, um, you know, let's, let's move back to the, the Olympics. So one thing that they want to do, they want to have these, these games. They, it was just last month that the organizers of the Olympics said no interfe- international fans. We'd be allowed to attend the games this summer. So like, they're not going to let people fly in for the Olympics, which is probably the smartest thing they have announced Karen about the Olympics. Being- it's probably the only smart thing they've announced. So there, there is that. So unlike Dana White, they're not going to open it up 
to everyone, you know, and, and cause a super spreader event in their own country. Uh, but, you know, just the, the final point I want to make about the, the state of emergency is that overall, Japan has reported about 560,000 coronavirus cases and 9,800 COVID-19 deaths, according to the government data, uh, which, by the way, I have to tell you, like, you take all that with a grain of salt because Generally speaking, Japan likes to underreport as much terrible things that happen to their country as much as possible so they look better in the international community. I can't even tell you how underreported most like crimes are in that country. Yes. It's the concept of saving face. So it, it like they say, you know, 560,000 coronavirus cases. I, I'm going to say it's probably double that. That's my guess, you know. But let's move on to uh, wrestling and how like the state of emergency is going to you know affect the different wrestling companies we're going to talk about today. We're going to start off with with uh, a favorite subject for you and I here, Karen, and that's Shinihan Prodez, New Japan Pro Wrestling. And one of the things that you know the state of emergency has uh, resulted in is that you know New Japan has canceled uh, three of its Road to Wrestle Grand Slam tour shows that were going to happen at Corken Hall, May eighth, May tenth. And May 11th, and my big question is, is, does this really matter in the in the grand scheme of things anyways, if these shows are canceled? Um, honestly, with as difficult as things are right now, I think it's actually good for them to get some rest <laughs> more than anything else, you know, between, you know, other, like, Hiromu being out and Okada's, you know, back being an issue. I think everyone's getting like they're work, they're doing a lot of Korak Wenshaw shows in succession. So it might actually be better for them to like scale back a bit. I know they need to, you know, run shows to keep the lights on, but at the same time, I feel like it could also be a good thing to give everybody a break, especially after, you know, making the long haul out to Kyushu to do uh, Kagoshima and Dontaku. I think it's um, like, sorry, go ahead. Oh, it, it's just one of those things where. I don't know how much time that leaves them to build any stories going into the Yokohama stadium show on the 15th. That's my biggest concern. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to have much. I don't think there's going to be much story development happening on these three shows. Anyways, like the, to me, like I, you know, I'm on record saying, I, I think this is one of the worst booking periods in the history of this company. And I lived through Enochism, you know, in, in the yeah. early two thousands. Um, like I like to me, it's like you, you talk about giving the the roster a break and I and the staff a break, and I totally agree with that that sentiment. But the other thing I think that's good is it gives the fans a break. Like, how much money do they think their fans in Tokyo have that they they're gonna run all these Corkin shows? And it, it's reflected in in like you'll see the attendance figures are like really down, like for the Corkin shows, and it's because there's like an oversaturation and like you know, like at some point it's like, well, you know, what's, what's a, uh, you know, what's the cheapest ticket going to be for Cork and Hall for new Japan is like 5,000 yen, like, which is about like $50, 50, $60. Yeah. Right. Like, do they think people have like, you know, like, you know, three, $500 to spend on like the, the amount of Cork and shows that they're going to run. And I'm not just talking about the ticket itself. I'm talking about like trying to, to travel, transport, there. hotel, food. It's one of those things like if, if, if they want it to be sustainable, I don't know if running this many shows um, is going to help or hurt them. Like, I understand that they can't travel around the country very much because they are living and working technically in a hot zone in Japan. So it's one of those things where 
it's great when they get to travel outside because that means they can have bigger audiences. But I just feel like maybe people are getting burnt out on Korakuen just because of the price of it. Yeah, I, I just think it, it, I think Korakuen shows should be like special and have some meaning and like, you know, oh, something special is going to happen at the show at Korakuen Hall. So I'm going to go to it. But it's like, oh, it's, you know, there's like, five in a row there like what and it's oh let's see multi-man tag multi-man tag yano singles match multi-man tag tag match uh you know uh united empire versus lij seven seven times in a row it's like it's not special and like kind of like you know devalue like going to cork and hall as a company and 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 for the fans in my opinion so i think that's reflected in recent attendance figures and i think it's really really affected in like kind of like the the you know, shoddy booking that ghetto has been doing, you know, recently. It's just one of those things where it's like, I hope that whatever's going on, they're going to come out of it soon because, you know, with, with us in the time change, a five, five, uh, 4 PM start for them is like three 30 in the morning for us. So I just, it, it makes me have to pick and choose which shows I actually wake up for and invest my time in because a lot of them lately have also been on weekdays where I'm like, I can't wake up at three o'clock in the morning and then go work an eight hour day <laughs> and keep some semblance of a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, right. the, yeah. I mean, like for me, it's like the, the idea of like waking up early to avoid spoilers, to watch a new Japan show. It's like even a major one is like, nah, it, it, it just, I, I just rather sleep, you know? And I feel, it, it, I, I hate saying that because like, I do think there's, this is like, they have a strong roster I think they they like like them trying to elevate people, you know, on their rosters is, is is can be exciting, but it's just like I don't feel the excitement that I would normally feel like, and I don't I don't necessarily blame this on on COVID either. I, I just think you know like they're you know ghetto to 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 be fair to him, he's trying to match this insane schedule like to to meet the business end of the office what the office wants and i think you know it's taking its toll on him i also think he's been in the job too long i think bookers have you know certain shelf life to them he's yeah. been doing it for you know how long now like he started when 2004 15 14 oh my gosh okay yeah something like that and then you know like so you know you know like it's been a long time and like i you know i think he's run out of ideas it's like who should i push Okada again. It's interesting because they have such a, as we've talked about before, they have such a deep roster, but even with these new, what would be traditionally fresh matchups for us, there's like, it feels like it's missing something. And I can't put my finger on it quite, quite right. But there's just like, I should be excited to see non the the non-normal people like they not okada not, I, I love okada i love okada and naito and tanahashi and seeing them kind of pushed to the back in in trying to elevate other people they're they're doing their best what the best they can but i feel like there's just there's something missing in the stories that they're wanting to tell and i can't figure out what that is right now i don't sure. know if i have burnout as a fan or or what but it's just i feel like they're 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 trying their best to make the best of the situation but it some things are just falling short for me yeah for me it's it's like i i feel there's a lack of long-term like planning like it's okay we got to get to this next show that's gonna you know be it at, at a big venue like uh and then two weeks later we have to go fill the tokyo dome why are you having like two tokyo sh- two tokyo dome shows in one calendar year i have 
no idea why you would do that. Why, what, what went to that, that, that decision-making. Um, but to me, it's like, I think, you know, like they should clearly know who they want to be in the main event for Wrestle Kingdom next January, but I don't think they do. And I don't get that feeling that they, they know what, how they want to get there. I feel like there's a lot of hot shotting with the title. Um, yes. I think it, this started last year with evil winning, like defeating Naito. I think Naito should never have lost that belt to, to, to evil. I don't think like it, it did him any favors. It certainly didn't do evil any favors in the long run. Cause he's having a fucking blindfold match with fucking Toriano on a show that just like, I haven't seen, I just, so people know, I haven't seen this show at all. I haven't seen this match, but like no one I, whose opinion I trust has talked about it in, anyway positive <laughs> you know in any positive manner so like and like so i i kind of want to see it just for curiosity and to like kind of shit shit all over it on twitter but like at the same time it's like oh i you know i rather watch you know all japan because it's far more interesting and far more enjoyable for me but i, I think my 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 qualm with and it's not just evil but with the way i feel like Ghetto, Jado, and Togo. I know they're 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 trying. They have to wear multiple hats. But at what point do they become crutches for the heels that they're propping up? Like Jay White doesn't need Ghetto. If you want me to believe that Jay White is a big bad in New Japan, he needs to get clean, credible wins and gloat about them over people. He doesn't need Ghetto or anybody else getting involved. It's the same thing with God. They don't need Jado to get involved. If Evil was able to do what he did to Naito last year without Dick Togo getting involved in every single match, I think we might be having a different conversation about him. You know what I mean? No, I, I totally agree. It's it's the thing with like those those three, especially I think, especially I think Ghetto is that they're all marks for themselves because they're wrestlers and the biggest marks in wrestling are wrestlers themselves. So it's it's, yeah. it's kind of dangerous to have active wrestlers be the bookers. So yeah. it's like who you know ghetto's the main booker right and and jado and togo are his assistants but it's like ghetto's like who should i put myself with i know the guy i'm gonna make the top heel in company even though he's not ready for that position that's what i'm gonna do he's gonna he's gonna be my kenny substitute because kenny went to the to the to aw and left me in a lurch oh well anyways um let's get to some of the shows let's let's talk about <laughs> some of the results of some of these shows um uh wrestling uh, Road to Wrestling Dontaku Day 12 was at the Hiroshima Sun Plaza Hall. Um, just quickly run through these results and then get some overall thoughts from you about the the main matches. El Desperado, Minoru Suzuki, Yoshinobu Kanemaru defeat Sho, Tiger Mask and Yo, uh, Doki, Doki, however you want to pronounce it, Taichi and Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Jado, Tamatanga and Tengalo in what sounds like a, an absolute nightmare match for me. Uh, oh, here's even one. Here's one even worse. Dick Togo, Evil, Ghetto, Taiji Ishimori, and Yujiro Takahashi. There's only one good wrestler in that whole fucking group. Taiji Ishimori defeat Tanahashi. Oh my God, Tenzan, Master Wado, Taguchi, and Toroyano. Jesus Christ. Uh, Jeff Cobb and Will Ospreay defeat Bushi and Shigo Takagi. Sonata defeated Aaron Hanari. And Tetsuya Naito defeated the Great Okan. And I heard, no, Karen, I haven't seen this. Have you? Did you watch the show? I did. I heard the Sonata Hanari match was like thirty minutes long. Uh, was true? it? I was I probably half asleep for it because it was like early in the morning. 
Um, Someone messaged me and said, no one needs Sonata versus Sonari to be 30 minutes long. And I'm like, listen, right now, no one needs any match in New Japan to be 30 minutes long, let alone. And I like Sonata, but like Sonata doesn't need to be in any 30 minute fucking matches. And like, and I like Hanare, really, I think, promising young wrestler and nice guy. But he doesn't need me to a 30 minute match either. Like none of these matches should be more than 22 minutes, in my opinion. What I remember of it is that it was a good match. It was, I think, it, more than anything, it was showcasing Hanare's ability. That's like, you know, it, it, they, they've taken the chain off of him so that, they, that he can use more of his MMA, MMA and Muay Thai background. Um, I think it would have had more weight had New Japan not chickened out on Sonata and not made him a singles champion in the last 18 months. If anyone from New Japan is listening, please, 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 please give Sonata some kind of singles run <laughs> because he has all the makings of it, but it's hard watching him have these long matches where there's no payoff. Like, yeah, it, w- it was almost a lock that he was going to beat Hanari, but it was, it was more of the, I feel like there could have been more gravity to their match other than it just being one of his first single matches as a member of the Empire. Right. And and what about Naito versus Okan? What did you think about that match? I'm I know I'm probably going to be one of those people that's very late to the Okan train. I tried to like him and I tried to get on board, but I'm not there just yet. So there's you know Naito does what Naito does and he's one of my favorites. So he pulls out all the stops, but thankfully it doesn't go full, you know, Ibushi mode where he's just trying to murder people on the apron. But it was a good match. I mean, Naito's, I think he's just having fun with it at this point. I yeah. Think I, good, I think his, his knees, good old Destino and Tranquilo are on, are on a borrowed time. So he, they're letting him have some fun matches for a little while just so he can rest up before he gets thrown back into some kind of crazy program. Like, I, I don't hate Great Okan. I, I don't love him either. Like, I'm kind of, like, very agnostic about him. I, I'm just kind of waiting to see, like, when he's going to kind of, like, step up to the push that they're giving him and, like, the position that he's supposedly supposed to fill in the yeah. company, which is, like, the next Agreed. great inventor, right? So I, I'm hoping, like, he, he rises to that occasion and doesn't go the route of evil, like, who's now, like, a mid-card comedy wrestler, which is which is really sad because like I I it's was hard to watch. It is because like I I think he had so much potential like three years ago. I was in Osaka, Karen, when he beat Okada in the G one match. You know, like <sighs> I remember that. I was in the audience, and that that audience was like, and I was part of that audience. Like it was like, oh Sorry. shit, we've we've seen the you know the emergence of a future main eventer, and yeah, he was a main eventer last year but he was like also one of the things that i hated about the company last year so i I really think that putting him with a manager is probably what sabotaged a lot of it i hate to say it because it's it's frustrating to watch because we i know he has talent but yeah the whole comedy i'm a i'm a i'm a bad guy heel but i do a lot of comedy at the same time just it really turns me off to it I think he's just like, you know, like it's his chick is just lazy. It's like, like, I'm not even trying anymore to have good matches. Cause like, I I'm stuck with all this garbage I have to do in all my matches with, with, with Dick Togo and my own, like a lot of his own shtick from before, like with the chairs and like, you know, the other stuff he's got, you know, it's all the, the ball shots and stuff like that. It's, it's all 
like I, I, I just can't, I, like if I see the the name Evil, it's like I I don't want to watch this match at all. But do do you have anything that you could recommend from from the show for people? You said Sonata Hanari was good and Naito versus Okan was enjoyable. Anything else from the show, or can we just is it just a two two match show? I mean, I enjoy the three K and Tiger Mask versus Desperado Suzuki and Kanemaru, but that's just a personal preference largely because of the you know return of yo and everything else involved with that because i'm a huge 3k fan but i also love seeing suzuki fight just about anyone he could fight a broom and i'd be happy to watch it so i mean minor <laughs> suzuki fighting open the show you know... with that and fast forward a couple of matches then oh i mean like minor suzuki like fighting you know grumpy tiger mask that sounds like fun you know? it is it was a good time it's always a so, good time. So I have, a, I have a question to ask you about Yo and his new new gear. Like I, okay. when I saw it, I was like, oh my God, he's turning heel. This totally looks like heel gear. Okay. So he was on Show's podcast for the first time since Show launched his podcast right after Kushida left. And he does talk about the change in gear and the change in music and all, all these choices that he made. But the funny thing that he said, and I wish somebody would have like, from New Japan proper would have translated it was that basically he said show started wearing black well before I did. So if anyone's turning heel, it's going to be him because show started wearing the black and yellow for best of the super juniors when he was doing like the caution sign side of his shocking Fujin or Raijin character. So it's uh, he wanted to do something different, something that's more authentic to who he is. This is me just guessing around about it. I think part of his new costume uh, helps cover up whatever knee bracing and taping that he's having to wear. And that it could be more of like protective for himself as a character, but he also is very into fashion. So that could be another bit. Cause I feel like he's trying, if him and show are going to what everyone's expecting them to do is start splitting apart or going their own ways or one's turning heel and one's not. Um, but black's also his favorite color. So that could be another thing, but I think he's trying to make it more. So they're also as a tag team, more consistent in color and design. So like their new logo is all black, white, and yellow, as opposed to silver and gold and red and, and gold and, uh, black. So if, if you're gonna, you know, obviously it's probably going to happen is a three K split's going to happen. Like, yeah, it's, it's coming. I'm I'm bracing myself for it. So which one do you turn heel? Yo, yo would make the better heel. I, I think so too, because I think he has more like natural charisma, like pro wrestling charisma. He does. I, I think show is a natural, like, like kind of like straightforward character. And I think he's, he's like his, his like characteristic that I think that really dominates throughout his matches is like his struggle to get, to get the win. And I think that's perfect for like your baby face. And I think yeah. yo just has like that kind of can't, that that charisma that can turn into smarmy charisma yes and like so i think he he he's going to be way better suited to to become a heel if that's the direction now now what do you what do you do with him in terms of like a faction do you put him in a faction that exists right yeah, now my my gut is telling me he's going to go somewhere that i don't want him to go which means he's going to go to the empire um Another thing that they they discussed on his on show's podcast was that, you know, the, the reason why he had quit social media and he backed off of everything because, you know, he had to sit at home and watch 
the guy he joined the company with, the person he spent most of his career with, excelling on his own without him. So in my mind, I feel like, like if you want to tie that into a character trait for him turning heel is that he had to sit at home and watch a guy that's a year younger than him that started the, the journey with him at the same time start getting singles wins, getting big singles wins, getting, you know, getting the spotlight, getting like all the attention. And, you know, a lot of, you know, yo fans or three K fans all sort of gravitating to show because he was the only one there. So it's the, if he, if yo can't do what, what, you know, he wants to do and what I want him to do and what a lot of people want him to do is to beat Desperado. It can go one of two ways. He can blame show for it or he wins the belt show challenges him and then takes the belt right off of him. So I just, I I just feel like it's the, if, if someone has to be the, you know, the sneaky uh, guy to turn on on the other character wise and style wise, yo would be the better one to turn. Right. I kind of would hope that, you know, like you can play into like the history of like them starting in the company together and like being dojo mates and like kind of, you know, tie it into like their, their other dojo mates, which would be you know, like Jay White and, and David Finley. Like, I would yeah. love to see, like, if that happens, like if he turns Yale, um, that, you know, I, not that I want anyone to join the Bullet Club, but like maybe pair him with like Jay White. I think that would, you have a lot of chemistry there because they're naturally. I'll put him with fresh. Ishimori. With Ishimori. Yeah. Maybe like just break, break off like Jay White, Ishimori and, and 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 Yo into like their little like with Kenta action. put Kenta with them sure and put all the entertaining <laughs> people together and, and get rid of all the other people I hate hate in that in that faction and maybe like side Yo a show with like Finley and Juice maybe and just add one more person there and then you have like you know like this kind of you know fact faction within a faction fighting each other which I think would be really fun to see I think it would freshen things up as well. But uh, let, let's go to two more shows. Let's talk about the, the wrestling Satsuma no Kuni uh, shows that happen in the Nishihara Shokai Arena. Uh, I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm just going to talk about the, the top matches here. So from, from uh, this multi-man tag match, Aaron Hanare, Great Okan, Jeff Cobb, and Will Ospreay, the United Empire, took on the team of Bushi, Sanada, Shinko Takagi, and Tetsuya Naito, LIJ, and they defeated them. Uh, the King of Pro Wrestling 2021 <laughs> match, Toriyo Yano, the champion, Karen, the champion of the King of Pro Wrestling title, whatever the fuck that is, defeated Evil in some kind of blindfold match that I don't even think about. And the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship, uh, Show and Yo, Rapongi 3K, defeated the champions. Or no, they were the champions. They retained their titles over the former champions, El Desperado right. and Yoshinobu Kanemaru, which I, I pretty much thought, you know, Desperado's, junior singles champion he doesn't need to get the tag tag team titles back so that was kind of a foregone conclusion now you've seen this show i assume i have yes and what would you recommend what would you recommend to the listeners so if they had besides the main event in which my boys you know retain their belts um hmm. i think the eight man with uh lij versus the united empire is a good match because it's even though I'm not the biggest fan of the unit as a whole, there are people in um, the United empire that I'm fans of, Um, but it's also seeing LIJ doing what they can to help elevate and create new stars, because that's what we were talking about before is that, you know, they're, they need to start focusing on 
the long-term booking of the company. You need to focus on building more people because, you know, at some point, Naito is going to need to step away. Tanahashi is going to need to step away. And other, you know, Okada might need to step away because of his back. So it's one of those things where they have to start thinking about, yes, we have all these great people that are the faces of the company now, but where is New Japan going to be when they hit their 50-year mark, 55-year mark? What can we do with the people we have to create something new? And I think this particular match starts to show that it's not a changing of the guard, but it's starting to pull in and pull, more importantly, pull up other people. And I also love a, I also love a good Young Lions match. So, so you know what? I'm going to also say watch the opening match because those Young Lions, they're out for blood and I'm here for it. Yeah, I mean, Yodosuchi, yeah, Yamura taking on Gabriel Kidd and, and Grumpy Tiger Mask. I love Grumpy Tiger Mask. That sounds like fun. I might watch that. I, I I too like a good Young Lions match, especially since like they're not saddled with some stupid gimmick or character. And like, there's no storyline. They're just gonna go murder each other. Yeah. Like that's that's a great storyline in of itself. Let's look at night two here. Uh, let's see, uh, just the top two top matches. There wasn't any title matches. Um, Shingo Takagi, Tetsuya Naito took on Great Okan and Will Ospreay, and the, the main event. To me, I want to see this main event. Tanahashi and Ibushi took on the team of Hanare and Jeff Cobb, a team that I think should be should be going like trying to go for the tag team titles by the summer. I think if you put them on these two, you would really freshen up what I think is a promising tag division with like Juice and 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 Finley. If you have these guys and like you know, various combinations of different talents together, like do it just let's just put some new blood into the like the tag team you know title situation like the scene is just so stale it's god again and i don't want to see them fight dangerous techers ever again so let's let's have an and cobb which i think would be a badass like hard-hitting tag team let's see them get the tag team titles and just hold them for for like six months at least there was something very bittersweet about watching that match, that main event match, because, you know, both Hanari and Cobb were in uh, Hontai with Tanahashi and Ibushi. So it was the it was another instance in which, you know, the main eventers or, you know, the, the faces of the company are doing what they can to help elevate and build a foundation for the next generation of talent. I really enjoyed that match. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, Cobb, I think, has finally, like, I, I was not a big fan of the stuff he was doing last year, either on Strong or in, in Nijiban, because, like, I think he wasn't allowed to be what he should be, and that is, like, a guy who just overpowers people and, like, you know, like, kind of, like, you know, like, people can't figure out how to how to defeat him because, like, not only is he, like, incredibly strong and powerful but he's like incredibly like athletic and and agile and he can do high flying moves like that but that should be like like a heel heelish character not not a baby face so like he should he shouldn't be losing matches is what i'm trying to say and he shouldn't be I going off completely. his feet so like he but he was losing too much and i was like well this guy's stuck in the mid card until like something changes and now like him being in in, in, in the empire and i think you know hanari having a kind of similar attitude to him and like just like we're not listen we're gonna take what we want in this company we're going to beat whoever beat up whoever we want to get it i think that's a great way to present them and and that's what i'm hoping going for is like you know here's the thing with like great okan is kind of like the you know the you know like i, I don't know why how he fits in this group as, aesthetically he doesn't at all but he's like the japanese mouthpiece right uh osprey the problem with osprey for me 
is that <laughs> is that like his character like i th- i think he's a great wrestler and i think his matches are good but like i don't buy his character at all it's like a, a like a a pseudo warmed over like really cheap version of rick flair that's what his character comes across as me like i don't believe that he's got a lot of money i don't believe that he's like sophisticated or anything like that because he's not because he he when he cuts a promo he sounds like a fucking dork and like his wrestling is amazing but his character is shit and i and i don't want to see a shit character be the IWGP champion, even even if their matches are like things that I can enjoy watching, it's just like, well, um, he's still a dork. That's like that's the underlying thing that 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 you know crosses my mind when I watch his matches these days. My thing is that he needs a life coach or someone to guide him on ways to conduct himself as a heel. And as a character, because I feel like some of the things he says or does really provides a lot of uh, cheap heat. And to the point where it it makes me completely disinterested in the World Heavyweight Championship scene as a whole. I don't care. And, you know, Shingo is one of my favorite wrestlers to watch, but I could care less because I'm resigned to the fact that he's not going to win that match. No, so he's... I have no interest in watching anything that involves Osprey. Yeah, I, I I will watch the match, but I won't get invested in it. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's my kind of thing with with Osprey matches these days. Like I I think you know Plucky Underdog was a much better fit for him because like at, at the very least because all his moves are 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 you know are babyface moves. Yeah, he's he's wrestling as heels. Like, well, you shouldn't be doing this move, this move, or this move because they're meant to elicit a positive response from the yeah. fans and and you're trying and they not still, to do, do they still do because those are the like he he his wrestling is very formulaic to me like i feel like he has a checklist that he has to check off this movie he's to do a cheeky nando's and he has to do a oz cutter and he has to do like three or four other things and there's there's always a pattern and a placement in the match that he has to do these things yeah, I, 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 I never want to. I don't want to see an Ibushi Osprey match for a long time, just so I never have to see that fucking like reverse that Frankensteiner. Oh no, the, the the reverse Frankensteiner that yeah, no. you know, you know, Osprey lances on lands on his feet, and then you get the camera shot, you know, in front of Ibushi over his shoulder, and he's like surprised. It's like this is the third fucking time this has happened in your fucking matches, dude. Why are you surprised that this happens? Anyways, I don't, I don't want to get into that. But um, <laughs> one thing that that came out of like the this main event is that uh, Kota Ibushi challenged Jeff Cobb to a singles match for the yeah. first night of Wrestle Grand Slam on May 15th in the Yokohama Stadium. And this is kind of like for him to get revenge uh, for the post-match attack that Cobb laid out, uh, you know, Ibushi after Ibushi lost the IWGP heavyweight title to uh, Will Ospreay. And, uh, and then, you know, let's take a quick look at some things that are coming up both in, in, in Japan and, and in America for, for New Japan. So in Japan, we have, you know, Karen, we have Wrestling Dontaku, May 3rd and 4th, at the two, two nights at the Fukuoka Convention Center. Have you ever been to Fukuoka, by the way? I have. I, I, when I was a flight attendant, I used to lay over in Fukuoka. So I used to go to the, the SoftBank Hawks games. It's one of my favorite cities to visit. I, I, I got to do a weekend trip there to see, uh, to see all Japan for wrestling, actually, at the, at the now defunct, sadly defunct Hakata Star Lanes. And I was just like, Man, this city's awesome. I would totally, if 
fucking live here because like it's chill. It's it's very it's convenient. Very to live chill. In. And my God, the food is amazing. In so good. <laughs> uh, we also have the aforementioned Russell Grand Slam <laughs> Yokohama Stadium on on May fifteenth. So two weeks later, at Yokohama Stadium. Then we got the road to Russell Grand Slam uh, May twenty second. Maybe we'll see if this happens to May twenty sixth. And this is going to lead to Karen like the, the the event. I'm I'm dying to see May 29th, Russell Grand Slam in the Tokyo Dome. And the main event of that has been said. It's going to be Kazuchika Okada taking on whoever is the winner of Will Ospreay versus Shinko Takagi. So it's going to be Okada versus uh, Will Ospreay because New Japan aren't going to be, are, are not going to be brave enough to put the belt on the guy they should have put the belt on last year. And that's Shinko Takagi. And then from there, Kevin, from the beginning, uh, then, you know, from, from there, we, we start the road to Dominion. <laughs> fucking believe this Damien being on schedule for for june 6th about a week after the tokyo dome show at osaka joe hall if that doesn't get canceled because of <laughs> a state of emergency what a schedule that is that is a lot of wrestling the only thing that makes me sad about this whole entire schedule is that there's no best of the super juniors listed because may to june is usually best of the super junior season so i'm just gonna cry a, cry a little bit in super junior for a bit they're not gonna have super juniors like happen in the tokyo don't why would why you know that, that come on that takes priority over like one of their you i know, know best tournaments that 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 fans actually get excited about you know like i know why, why would you do that but but one thing we we will will i want to talk about before we move on away from new japan for wrestling is that you know we we just heard the announcement that that john moxley the current and defending IWGP United States heavyweight champion will defend that title against, you know, new Japan dad, Yuji Nagata on AEW dynamite on May 12th. And it's going to be, you know, Moxley's fourth defense of this belt uh, following his wins over juice Robinson, Minoru Suzuki and Kenta. And um, yeah, like, so your general thoughts about this development of like Yuji Nagata going to, to Daly's place in Florida to, to, to face Mo- to face Moxley and and keep in mind everything we talked about before. Yuji Nagata is probably I'm not going to say definitively, but probably not vaccinated. He's going to go to a hot zone basically in Florida, and he's he's not he's probably unless he's left already. There's probably no quarantining, and when he goes back, there's probably going to be no quarantining. So I don't know what to think about it myself. Like I'm sure the match will be fun. But like, just to kind of like, they couldn't think of a different way to have this match happen. I guess like for 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 Big Tone, he said, "Listen, we want to have this match on Dynamite." And then it's like, "Fucking New Japan said, like, okay, you can. We'll send Nagata over there." The way I look at it is that if they're gonna, if they're gonna, if they're, that's gonna be the stipulation, they need to let Nagata get the win. I need Blue Justice to become my IWGP US president. I want him to take that belt and somebody put him in a bubble. So he's nice and safe in Jacksonville. I don't want him getting sick or getting catching stupid from any of the COVID anti-maskers and truthers or whatever, but oh, I have so many feelings about it. I'm very, I know that they've brought other talent from Japan um, uh, from the Tokyo Joshi pro uh, girls and uh, it, oh gosh. Takashita from DDT. Yes. I wanted to call him Take, but I'm like, I know there's more to his name than that. Um, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, I know that they're probably keeping them safe, 
But if they're not doing like an ROH style bubble where they're putting them in a hotel away from everything and, and sequestering them and keeping the safety is my biggest thing about this whole thing. So I, I, I would like them to. I know they love Moxley and I love Moxley, too, but like we talked about before, previously, is that having a mo- match with Moxley is a marquee event. It doesn't need a belt. It does not need a belt. It's like fighting Jericho or fighting Tanahashi. That per- fighting that person is a main event match. See, or I, at least an upper card match. My my theory, I was thinking about this, is is that you know, like you know, with recent developments with with Kenny Omega winning the the Impact title uh, last Sunday on on you know on, on Impact show, it's like I was thinking about like who are they gonna get to beat Kenny? Like who's who's gonna beat him clean? And I'm like, no one. Like there's no one in Impact that I would be that if I was Kenny Omega, would I would let beat me clean for for that title? Or if I'm Tony Khan, there's no way I'm letting my guy, you know, Kenny Omega lose to like some fucking Impact jabroni. It's like ah, they're gonna do a fuck finish. They're gonna have interference, and who should interfere? Moxley. But why would Moxley interfere in that match? Ah, he's gonna lose the United States title to Nagata on Dynamite because of. You know, Ken Ken Chan and his and, and the young bucks or the good brothers who are the fuck want to come in and like beat the shit out of like you know Moxley and then like put Nagata on top for him to win the title. Cause I do think I, I do think you're right. I think you know Moxley doesn't need the belt. And at this point, it's kind of embarrassing to have that belt on him when you know what before you you stripped him of it, <laughs> you know, because he couldn't yeah. make the defense. So it's like get the belt off of him because he doesn't need it. And like you don't know when you're gonna get dates on this guy in japan itself so take the bell off of him you know like he doesn't need it he never wears it anyways you know he outside of like the 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 match yet with kenta he he never wears that belt so it's like it might as well not exist so put it back put it on a new japan guy have nagata stay in in the united states go let him go to la you know hang out in the dojo bubble there you know maybe he wants to go see kushida while he's still in florida who knows? Maybe go surfing a little with, with, you know, Shinsuke. I don't know, but you know, like get, get, get surf justice. <laughs> exactly. But just, you know, like get, that's what I think is going to, is a possibility of happening. Like, like booking wise is that, you know, Nagata wins the belt because Moxley interferes in that match. And then like, or be because Kenny, that. Kenny, Kenny interferes in the match, Kenny and the Bucks or whoever interfere in the match. And then, ah, uh, this sets up Moxley interfering in his a future title defense that Kenny has for the impact title that he loses the, the belt for, for, you know? So that's what I think, why it's a possibility Yeah, that, that, that Nagata has a good chance booking wise to, to do this. Like, I, I, otherwise, why would you have it on dynamite? You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. All right. So any, any, any final thoughts about new Japan before we move on? Uh, I just hope everyone's happy, healthy, safe, and that I can survive the devastation of Rapongi 3k eventually breaking up. You'll be fine. I'm, I'm sure uh, bigger and better things for, for both, both guys. I know as, as singles guys. So I'll just have uh, an ugly cry first. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we could all use, I, I, I have one of those every time I see, you know, like evil or uh you know the uh you know a dangerous techers versus a god matches i have a nice healthy cry uh let's move on to a promotion i actually am enjoying a lot and who's who's uh you know whose schedule i'm keeping up with and that's uh you know zenny humphrez all japan pro wrestling they're in the midst of their champions carnival tour which i'm thoroughly enjoying 
Um, it's, it's, we're, we're going to hit the, the finals in a couple of days. Um, but some other things that happened, uh, Shima, the current PWF junior, uh, champion, def- uh, defend his title successfully against Hikaru Sato at Shinkiba first ring, uh, on the champion carnival day seven show. And then his next offense will be against, uh, the former champion Koji Iwamoto on May 16th at the Oda Ward gymnasium. Like, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to have fans at that show because, I don't know if it'll be safe to do so, but we'll see. Um, also on that show, Karen, I'm very excited about this. Not only will it be Shima on that show, but his his stablemates in the Stronghearts, Yay! Elwin Demen, Issei Onizuka, and T-Hawk Oof, make T-Hawk, their yes. AGPW in-ring debuts. And I've I'm a, been wanting to see the Stronghearts come to, to, to all Japan. Like, you know, one of their other members, you know, Shikehiro Irie, he's in there. He's in, in, he's a member of Purple Haze, but like he can just leave that, join up with the Strong Hearts. <laughs> and when Shima, Shima showed up, I'm like, oh, Strong Hearts are coming, but they had, didn't arrive. But now, May 16th, Strong Hearts. I'm, I'm very excited about this. I'm excited about that. So, also, uh, you know, the, 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 the interesting thing to note is that, like, I'm, if, is if Strong Hearts can be regulars, like semi regulars in all Japan, because they are contracted wrestlers with, with the promotion called Gleet. But, you know, Gleet doesn't really, you know, promote that many shows. So, like, maybe it's like, hey, go get a payday over at All Japan. And when we need you for a taping, you know, in an empty arena, we'll, we'll, we'll call you so we can put up on YouTube. And so that's fine. Like, if, they, if like, All Japan and Gleet can have a, a, a you know, talent sharing, uh, you know, relationship, which, which is, like, see what seemingly they're doing because, like, Akira Francesco is going to appear on a future Gleet show. So, like, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all for that. Like, hey, like, let's get these guys more exposure. Uh, let's see. Also on that show, uh, the newest rookies from the All Japan Dojo, these twin brothers, Jun Saito and Rei Saito, will debut against Big Japan's Daisuke Sakamoto and Yasufumi Nakanoe. And I think this is really telling, like, that, you know, they picked, like, the two big, two of the bigger names, two of the bigger stars from Big Japan to debut these rookies against. Like if you if you saw their promo, they're they're these two tall twin brothers. Who, twin Towers is more like it. They're massive. Yeah, they're massive, and, and I'm thinking they must see something in these guys. They must be like impressing in the dojo because otherwise you would just debut them like any other rookie and against yeah. like get getting the shit kicked out of them by like Ishikawa or Suwama or you know like Jake Lee or something like that. But no, they're gonna they're gonna put them in a ring against the current, you know, Big Japan strong champion in Na- uh, in Nakanoe and the you know the Big Japan legend of Sekimoto. So I am very very curious and and very you know interested into seeing what these brothers do in their debut match, Karen. I'm excited for it too. Like as we've talked previously, I am I am very much a novice when it comes to all Japan pro wrestling. So. You know, of course, I choose the busiest time of the year, the Champions Carnival, to get involved and say, hey, I'm going to binge watch this 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 promotion I've never really gotten into. Where can I start? And I'm just like, I'm, I'm absolutely hooked. And I'm very excited to see what's going to be coming on after this carnival finishes. So we'll, we'll talk about the, the last two days, uh, day eight and day nine. We're going to just talk about the carnival, the matches. So in day eight, we had Yuma Aoyagi defeating Koji Doi, Zeus defeated Shitaro Ishino, Jake Lee defeated Kohei Sato, Suwama defeated Shinjiro Otani, and Shichikawa defeated Kento Mirahara from, from uh, all accounts. I, I especially following uh, Striga from the Eastern Laird, his Twitter. He, he's been praising 
uh, the day eight show uh, matches. And so like, I'm very excited to, to, to get around to watching these. I've kind of fell behind everyone. I was keeping up, but you know, the last two days kicked my ass. So like, I'm going to catch up this weekend on watching these shows, pro- hopefully before the finals happen. Um, day nine, um, we had uh, Koji Doi taking on Zeus, which I heard was a really hard hitting match, which I can believe, uh, but it went to a double count out, which I'm not a big fan of, but I can see, you know, for points like that, why they would do that. Uh, Sawama defeated Shitara Ashino, Shuji Ashikawa defeated Jake Lee, and Kento Miyahara defeated his, you know, partner in their world tag team title team. Uh, Yuma Aoyagi, which I heard was a really, really good match. These two have excellent chemistry with one another as partners and as opponents. So, Karen, let's look at the standings right now. So, in first place is Jake Lee with 10 points, and then Kento, 10 points, Kohei Sato, 10 points, Suwama with 10 points, and Zeus with 10 points. Uh, following that is Shuji Ishikawa and Yuma Aoyagi, both with eight points. Uh, at number seven, Shitara Shino, he has six points. And then following there is Shinjiro, John, Shinjiro Otani with four points and Koji Doi dead last with two points only. But he's kind of, he's new to the company, so I don't I didn't foresee him necessarily getting a lot of points in this year's tournament. I do think though he's very poised to become. Uh, uh, you know, getting at least eight points in next year's carnival. All of these names are very new to me. So one of the things I was struggling with was watching the shows on replays that, you know, they mute the entrance music, which also mutes the ring announcer. So it was kind of one of those, I had to look at like a picture, picture of the entire roster and kind of like, like try to match the names to the faces. But I have a feeling in my gut, it might be Jake Lee's year. I, Zeus okay. is, the, is, is the defending champion right he won last year yes okay so here's how the, the booking it looks going into the final show on may 3rd at cork and hall uh, which is probably going to be an empty arena you know like show uh jake lee kento mirahara koi sato and suwama are all in the running to win the tournament all four men are tied at the top of the standings with 10 points each as we as we laid out before um uh, Jake is best in position to win the tournament. If he defeats, no, no, sorry. I think it's Kento is, is, uh, if he defeats Lee on the final show, he'll win the tournament. If Jake Lee defeats Kento, he will also need, uh, Ishikawa to defeat Suwama to win the tournament. If Suwama defeats Ishikawa, he will also need uh, Jake to defeat Kento and Yuma Aoyagi to defeat Kohei Sato to win the tournament. So, and Sato has the most convoluted path to win the tournament because if he defeats, his opponent, uh, Yuma Aoyagi, he will need Miyahara and Lee to draw. <laughs> not not one, to the, one of them to beat each other. They have to have a, a draw. So Kento is the clear favorite. So it's obviously going to be, uh, you know, uh, I think it's Kento. Uh, like, he's not going to win. I, th- I think it's Jake's year. I think Jake, he's gotten the big push, becoming the leader of Total Eclipse, the new heel faction in, in all Japan. He's gotten this new persona. He's got new gear. Like, there's no point in putting it on Kento Miyahara. And, and having him get the title shot, I think it has to be Jake's year. And I think Jake's got to become the triple crown champion, defeating Suwama after winning the champion carnival, Karen. Oh, that'd be wonderful. So is he I, your, I, like, I'm, you're, I'm here for it. <laughs> you're here for it. Like you, you've, uh, you, you know, you're, st- you're, you're kind of a, a uh, you know, newcomer to, to the Zenihan Perez. And you're telling me like, you, you really like, like a lot of the wrestlers, but like maybe like like Jake's like caught your eye. What what is it about Jake that you find really interesting as a fan? I think it's a combination of a lot of things. One, 
of which is not it, this probably has to do is neither here nor there but it's it's the when i heard the name jake lee i thought he was an american or somebody abroad who was fighting in japan i didn't know that he was a zainichi that he's born he's a japanese he's japanese but he's he's of korean descent i believe yes. which i think is really fascinating for someone who isn't who's born in japan but not what many would consider traditional japanese to be getting pushed towards the top of a company so it's like i'm kind of rooting for him because he's representing an, an underserved demographic in the country if that makes sense no definitely like for those who don't know zainichi zainichi korean is a is a is a person of you know korean ethnicity who is was born in Japan and was raised in Japan, but is not considered Japanese and thus does not have all the, the benefits of being a Japanese citizen, which is like, basically it's racism. You know, that's what it I is. I was trying to delicately dance no, around okay. that. No, you don't have to do that on the show. Like I would say <laughs> it's bullshit and it's, it's a big problem in Japan. Like how Koreans are, who are, who are essentially Japanese are treated like shit in, in their own country, you know? And, you know, like, I, I love Japan. Like it was my home for 10, almost 10 years and I will always love Japan, but like the relationship Japan has with, you know, my country of birth, Korea is, is pretty, pretty piss poor. Let's just say that and leave it at that. But it's, uh, it's as the Facebook would say, it's complicated. Yes. But, but the thing with Jake is that like Jake is someone they had pegged very early on in his career it, when he was in the dojo to be a star in this company because of his height, because of his looks because like I think they see um, an untapped market in him being Zainichi to to like attract maybe some fans from that community to become fans of of the promotion because it's it is very rare to have Zainichi Koreans be part of wrestling like the 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 female ref of 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 uh, all Japan is also Zainichi Korean. She, oh, know, really? She is. That's awesome. Like Nikon Lee, she she's also I I believe she's. Zainichi Korean because her last name is Lee. That's not a Japanese last name. I'm no. pretty sure she's not of Chinese descent. So I'm going to say that she's probably like, I'm pretty sure I heard it somewhere that she's also like Zainichi Korean. And, you know, so like, it's, it's good that, you know, like you see that kind of representation happen in, in like one of the oldest companies in, 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 in Perez. So that's pretty cool. Um, let's, let's continue with some more news from, from all Japan. Some bad news, unfortunately, like Shinjiro Tani. He will miss the remainder of the carnival due to a broken right arm he oh, suffered in, in one of his matches. Um, he had a two uh, two wins, four losses, one tie record before the injury. He will lose his remaining two matches against Koi Sato and Zeus via forfeit and finish with four points. And and I got to say, it's a real shame uh, that the, he's not going to have the match with Koi Sato because they have so much history together. Because, you know, like Otani was his senpai, his mentor in uh when they were both part of zero one and it's like you know so like you could have really played that up and i think was probably going to be played up in in their match but we won't be seeing that unfortunately um and i gotta not say this year anyways not this maybe year. next year maybe next year like you know what like i gotta say this about shinjiro otani karen like he had some of my favorite matches of this tournament. He had the best matches in the first two days of the tournament. Uh, on, on day one, he had an awesome match with Yuma Aoyaki. And on day two, he had a great, another great match with uh, Kento Miyahara. But he had probably like one of my, probably my favorite match, more my second favorite match of the entire carnival on day seven against uh, Shotaro Ishino. I absolutely loved that match. If there's one match that I would, you know, like you want to say, oh, how does, you know, if you're familiar 
wishing Jiro Tane, but you don't follow him because he's in zero one and you want to like, what's a good match for me to like see what he's like still WH? Well, watch day seven, Shinjiro Tane against Shitarashino. My God, what a showcase for both guys, but especially for Otani and definitely check out his matches against Aoyagi and Miyahara. And um and, and the for for me, you know, sticking with Ashino here, one of the most interesting developments to come out of like the the match that Ashino and Suama had was like they agreed to form a new a new tag team, essentially. And I, I'm really excited about this because I love like Senpai Kohai tag teams. Ah, uh, so so if I get this right, it's, uh Ashino is Suama's Kohai. Not, not like more like an age in an age way. Oh, oh the age wise. Okay. Like, like what's interesting about like them is that like both are like, you know, students of Kejimudo. Okay. So Suama started, like he trained in the dojo during the, the tenure of like Kejimudo as the president of all Japan. And, you know, like, and then Kejimudo left to form a new company called Russell One and Suama stayed. And in Russell One is where Shotaro Ashino debuted and where Shotaro Ashino became like kind of the ace of the Russell of, of Russell one. And like, so he's kind of considered like, like most people who, who came up through the Russell one dojo to be students of, of Keishimudo along with like people like Kaz Hayashi as well. But, you know, it's, so you think they kind of have that Mudo connection with one Got another, uh, but like just in terms of age, like obviously Suwama is a grizzled vet and like Shitarashino's, you know, he's, I don't, I don't think you think he's had 10 years in the business maybe. So How old is it? Is that you know? Is he like in his late twenties, early thirties, mid thirties? I think he's in his twenties. Like, hold on, let me let me quickly uh, do this. Shino, uh, Shitara Shino. Okay, let's see how old Shitara Shino. He's thirty-one years old. Um, if he gets rid of the makes beard, him look so much older. <laughs> like, yeah, he, if he gets rid of the beard, like you'd be like, wow, he's he got to be like twenty-eight or something. No, he's he's thirty-one years old. But I mean, like Suwama's like you know in his like forties. So, you know, he's kind of a, like, Suwama is more like kind of an age peer of like Tanahashi. Got it. So you have that. So anyways, like, I, I just think they're like very different wrestlers, but I kind of want to see if they can gel and, and have like good chemistry with one another as, as a tag team. And, you know, like, and I gotta say, you know, Suwama, I love Suwama. I've never turned on Suwama. People from like, oh, he's too old now, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to be triple crown champion. I, I don't think he should be the triple crown champion right now, but I'm I'm okay with him being it because my God, every time he has a title defense, it's a great match. So that's all I care about right now is like you, you don't desecrate the belt that you hold by having shitty matches. And like Ashino is like to me the future of this company. And so I'm I'm really excited. Maybe we're gonna see like finally, because he's associated with Suwama, that Ashino's gonna get that push that I think should have happened last year and that he should be at a higher level this year. But Maybe this is like they wanted to break him down and then rebuild him. Maybe this 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 team with Suwama is really going to help with that. I'm very excited about it, Karen. I hope so. It it sounds very promising for him. So let's let's move on to pro wrestling Noah. We talked about their champion Keiji Muto, and they just had a big show, the Glory 2021 at the Nagoya Congress Center. And uh, yeah, so let's. I'm going to run through the entire card. Hajime Ohara. Uh, Seiki Yoshioka and Yohei defeated Asushi Kotoge, Daisuke Harada, and Yasutaka Yano. Are you are you a fan of of the Rattels, of the former Rattels, Karen? I have been very stressed out by the size of Noah's uh, junior division. <laughs> there are so many people in it. 
I am more on the Kotoge Harada side of of the junior division. I, well, I appreciate the Rattel's uh, appreciation and infinity for Guyliner. They're not my style, if that makes any sense. Oh, I, I, I absolutely hate Yohei and, and uh, you know, uh, Hayata like I, and Tadisuke. I mean, they're all different, different factions now, but like, I remember like last, last year, I was at the Noah Shack Corican Hall and the Rattels were there. And I was sitting next to, uh, sitting next to John Pollock. And I said, he's like, who are these guys again? I go, uh, he, I hate, yo, that guy, I hate him. That one, I hate more. <laughs> and that one, I hate the most. And that would be Tadisuke. I hate Tadisuke the most out of the Rattels. Yo, hey, I hate Hayata. I hate more because he's got really terrible gear and he's a really flippy indie style wrestler and Tedesuke just like he's just terrible to look at and he's just like really annoying also to watch so I hate him the most but the only member of the Rattels that I liked was Daisuke Rada but thank god he's no longer associated with them moving on second match Katsuhiko Nakajima and Neo defeated Akitoshi Saido and Jinta Miyawaki Kotaro Suzuki versus Yuya Susumu it was it ended in a no contest which is great for Yuya Susumu uh, getting a win, like getting not at least not getting pinned by the legend that is Katara Suzuki. You know, are you familiar with Katara Suzuki's like gear, like who he's supposed to be emulating, Karen? No, I, I, I tried to, I, I gave it a good stare down for a while, but I could not piece it together. Maybe my my Japanese pop culture is a, a little rusty. So he's a huge mark for Char Azanabo from the Gundam franchise. Oh my God, is that what that is? Wow! Yeah. So he okay. wears a mask that's like like a, a zaku which, with the with the singular psych, yeah, cyclopean yeah, 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 yeah. eye that that Char pilots in the Gundam like all right anime. <laughs> so that's so he's a big he's a big mark for for Char. It's just oh, reflected bless. in his gear. Uh, Kazunari Murakami, Kazushi Sakuraba, and Kendo Kashin, ah, Inoki Gino Federation defeated Masao Inoue, Muhammad Yone, and Shia Taniguchi. A match I have no desire ever watch in my life uh the ghc junior heavyweight tag team championship hayata and yoshinari ogawa the champions defeated ikutu hidaka and nosawa rongai and then after that match uh seiki yoshioka and yohei came out to challenge for the titles karen but they didn't get a firm you know answer from either um you know uh, hayata or ogawa so we'll see if that actually happens that match actually happens which it probably will right this is japanese wrestling likely uh, it'll happen it could happen masaki mochizuki from dragon gate teaming with masato tanaka and naomichi marafuji the, the the m's alliance uh they defeated kaito kiyomiya kinya okada and yoshiki inamura which that that sounds like a great match i, I kind of want to see really this enjoyed one. this one it was a good time like like from from this like I, I really like the young guys in Noah. I just wish they got more of a push. I I think that like, they're starting to get there because I, again, it was one of those things where like I was watching it and it was like it on paper it kind of looks imbalanced because between like the, the age gap alone, but it was a really 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 intense match. And I'm I'm also a huge Marafuji fan, so that really helped. <laughs> that, that, that helps. That's why I think you're gonna be happy. You're definitely happy about the the outcome of like the, the main event. Um, before we get to that, excuse me, just clear my throat there. Uh, GHC National Championship match. Uh, Kazuyuki Fujita lost. Thank God. 
to Takashi Sugiera. All is right in the world of Noah, again for me. Uh, <laughs> balance has been restored. Yes, the, the forces and balance in the galaxy. Uh, after the match, Kazushi Sakuraba challenged Sugiera uh, for, and, and you got to remember these two were, were tag team championship partners before, and that's going to have a match. They're going to have a match for, for you know, uh, Sugiera's new belt on May 30th at the Oda War Gymnasium. Did you watch this match? Karen? I did. It was really, really good. I was watching it on my patio while I was like having my morning coffee and like some of the chops in there, like I was like, Oh, I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like I'm hoping nobody in my neighborhood thinks I'm getting beat because they were just so loud. All right. So that sounds like I might actually watch it. There wasn't any staring contest. Was there? No, 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 no. They go right. They go right to work. Oh, thank God. I hate Fujita staring match, you know, staring match matches. Uh, And finally, the GHC heavyweight championship to no one's surprise, Kejimuto, you know, the, the, the incumbent champion at nearly, he's over 60 now, isn't he? I I believe so. I believe he's 61. Uh, He defeated the much younger Masakita Mia, but that, that's that's not a surprise. Kitamiya, I like Kitamiya. The dude's a tag wrestler. He's not a single star. Um, he defeated him. And how was this match? It it was one of the better recent Marafuji matches. Aren't Marafuji? Pardon me. I got Marafuji on the brain. <laughs> one of the most recent Muto matches I've watched. Well, okay, I will definitely check that out. And then speaking of Marafuji, Karen, yes. uh, he challenged Muto after the bout and that match will take place at the, the big cyber fight festival, which is like the joint show for pressing Noah DDT and TJPW. That's going to happen at, on June 6th at the Saitama super arena. Maybe, maybe <laughs> depends, but I, I I'm really excited about this, you know, Saitama show that, that uh, cyber fight is putting together with its three uh, brands of uh, Noah DDT and with, with TJPW and it's going to be interesting to see like which companies, which brands matches are going to be in the, like the top spots on, on the show. Personally, I think this one should be the one to close the show, but I'm biased because of the three promotions, Noah's my favorite, (laughs) but what I liked about Mara Fuji when, uh, after the match happened, he he tells commentary because he was on commentary for the, uh, for this match. And he's like, he's like, I'll be right back. I got to go take care of some M's Alliance business. And he goes over, you know, he gets in the ring with all the guys. And then, then he turns around and just challenges Muto. He's like, Oh, well, while I'm here, I might as well just get to this part. So it was very smooth of him, but also very sneaky at the same time. Now, do you think Marafuchi is going to be the one to, to, to dethrone? God, I hope so. God, I hope so. If, if I get nothing else from Noah in 2021, I want to see Marafuji as the, the top champion. Because, like, so let's see who he. So Mudo beat Go, the, 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 who had an epic title run, and he lost to my, Man my, with No my Knees. My darling Go, yes. He lost he to Man Ki- with No Knees. He beat Kiyomiya. Yes, and he just beat Kiyomiya. And so, like, if like the only thing I can see if he beats if like I I honestly don't think he's Marafuji's going to beat him. I just don't see that like that being the the overall plan. Yeah, I, I think the only person who I think has a remote chance that I think would be a great go to for for being the champion right now is Nakajima. Oh, um, wouldn't be mad at that either because he's another favorite of mine. Like the 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 man with the Cheshire smile, you know. <laughs> so when he's like, "Let me step on your neck and smile for the uh, photographers while I'm doing it." Sure, uh, he's great. Like I, I used love to, him. He's so I, great. 
Do you remember when he was like a, a cherub face young young lad, and then he got a perm and grew a goatee, and then he just started smiling? I was like, and he just my started God. getting all crazy and dark, and I'm here for it. He he's one of the guys that when he ditched the like the wholesome, clean cut baby face, it worked so much better for him. Oh, for sure, he was such a such a like a boring champion when he was he, he, he was kind of like beige curtains he was like he's there and like very useful but not very interesting at the same time yeah, he's interesting now his character now yes. instead of instead of being kensuke sasaki's protege he's now his own man he's own, like, he he is his own man so that's that's been good to see so i i think for me like nakajima seems like the one they're probably gonna go with i think they've been very high on nakajima for for the last year and a half or so and I got to think if like Mudo didn't show up and, you know, the reason why, you know, like everyone knows what I think is that because Nosawa is a confirmed Mark for, <laughs> for Mudo, he's always has been his entire life. So like, oh yeah, Mudo-san, I'll definitely make you the GHC champion. Can you take me out drinking with you later? Yeah, yeah, let's go. Come on. You know, that's probably what happened. That's how probably he negotiated him for himself to, to win the belt from from go in, in one of the stupidest decisions ever but well, i'm just uh, glad that go is getting the surgery he needs and yes. it's time to rest his body because he had one heck of a 2020 he did he 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 really laid it out for for the company he, and yeah you know like to me it's like the second best title reign after kobashi's epic title reign for, for the ghc title absolutely so, so definitely Go get 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 your rest, bro, and then come back and start chopping the shit out of people. Yes, and, and but but take it easy, man. Like the you know that the reason why he has like terrible shoulders is because he he does too many chops. Yes, <laughs> too hard. He, he chops too hard. He chops like too I've, hard. Oof. You know he needs I, to I, like. I hope uh, I'm never on the receiving end of one of those. Never ever. He, he needs to learn the the Rod, Roderick Strong way of chopping, where he doesn't ruin his shoulders. Maybe. Yeah. Or get Robo shoulders that do all the work for him. That's uh yeah they could do that as well, <laughs> uh, but let's move on. Final final company we're going to talk about, and that's uh, Big Japan for Wrestling. You don't follow this company at all. I don't like from what I've kn- what I know of them. They tend to have uh more death matches style kind of wrestling and more hard hitting style wrestling, and it's not really my cup of tea. But I will listen and learn. Sure. So well, the, you know, it's more talking about Big Japan because they kind of been affected a lot by the state of emergency. They've been holding their Ikitosen Deathmatch Survivor Tournament, which I've watched none of because I... It's so I, intense. <laughs> I uh, don't... What does Ikitosen mean? I don't even know. I'd have to see what it looks like in kanji and try to translate it. Maybe maybe you'll send me a message and I'll, and I'll let people know on a future episode. I'll do my uh, homework and see what I can find out for you. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, one, one thing to note that, that the final two of, you know, two shows for their deathmatch survivor show uh, matches will take place. Hopefully, you know, for them at, at their show on May 16th at Cork and Hall. So in these two matches, we're going to have Masashi Takeda, who's a great wrestler who happens to do death matches. That's what I say about Masashi Takeda. He will take on, you know, big Japan legend Ryuji Ido to determine, determine the winner of the C block. And then Akira Hyodo ever will take on Asami Kodaka to determine, to determine the winner of D block. Uh, the winner of Takeda will take on, uh, and ver- the winner of Takeda versus Ido will then take on the winner uh, will win C block. So that's the final for the for that block. The winner of that wins the third block. If Hiro defeats Kodaka in the last D block match, then uh, Hideyoshi Kamitani will win the block. If Kodaka defeats Hi- uh, Hiro, Kodaka win the block. So I, I'm 
like I haven't been following the deathmatch division of Big Japan for a long time, but I'm going to think that probably, you know, uh, Hyoto is one of the younger guys. So I'd, I think Kodaka will probably win this block and, and then go on to have the match with, with Takeda. Cause I think that's probably a better match. I'll be very surprised or, you know, Kami, Kamitani versus Takeda might be a fun battle of like, you know, barbed wire, like tubes and, and like, you know, like sharp implements running across people's foreheads, but that's, you know, it's not really for me anyways. Um, these were, these matches were previously scheduled to take place at the big Japan show at Corken hall on April 26th. That show was canceled due to the state of emergency. If the state of emergency is extended, the final two Ikitosen deathmatch survivor matches will instead take place at Big Japan's show on May 20, 28th in Shinkiba First Ring. And Karen, I gotta say, I love Shinkiba First Ring, but it's a, it's a kind of a step down if you're gonna if you're originally gonna have your match at you know Corken Hall. I went to Shinkiba for a Stardom show back in 2020, right before Wrestle Kingdom. It's a very intimate venue. It's very small compared well compared to um Korakuen. But I guess if they're doing a show without people, it really wouldn't matter. But are they they plan on having fans at that show or not? Uh they traditionally like if you if you look at their history last year, they they try to get away with much with as much as they can, I think. I feel, you know, big Japan. I'm sure if they can try to have fans like they Basically, they need to get make as much money as they can. Yeah. So, you know, hopefully, I'm sure they're hoping that they they can safely have fans at at their shows. Uh, where where am I here? Uh, the Ikitosen Deathmatch Survivor Semifinals and Final were previously scheduled to take place on May 16th, but those matches have now been postponed to an unannounced date. So we we won't see who's going to be the bloodiest and uh, you know winner of this tournament. Uh, this is the second year Big Japan's. Uh, Ikitosen tournament um, has been, you know, affected by COVID. Last year they had their strong climb uh, uh, tournament, which is like straight ahead strong style wrestling. Not no no barbed wire, no light team, none of that shit. Um, yeah, so it's you know like they've really taken a hit as far as their their booking and and as far as trying to like have momentum with their with these two big tournaments that they have every like other year. So this year is the deathmatch tournament. Next year will be the the strong style tournament, and then it goes like that. For, for for big 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 Japan, so um, I just want to make one note here on for that uh, coming up on April 29th at the Yokohama Radiant Hall, which is a great venue by the way. I've been fortunate enough to see shows there. They'll, they're they're going to hold two fun looking cards. Um, one in the afternoon is uh, all singles matches, and I I love this card. Uh, Kazumasa Yoshida will take on Yuya uh, Yuya Aoki uh, Koda. Sekifuda will take on Takumi Baba. Drew Parker will take on Fire Katsumi. Uh, Masaki Morihiro versus Ryuya uh, Takikura. And the last two matches, last three matches, my God, Akira Hyoto, Yasufumi Nakanoi. That should be like a belter of like just people hitting, hitting each other really fucking hard. Daisuke Sekimoto versus Fuminori Abe. <laughs> that should be fun. And Takuya Nomura taking on Yuji Okabashi, and they've been kind of like having like an, an angle between Nomura, who is like the the young guy, against his like one of his mentors in Okabayashi. So, like, please, Nomura, defeat Okabayashi, get the push that you richly deserve in this company. And in the evening, we're gonna have a bunch of tag matches. Akira Hyoto, uh, Kainokuro Hoshino will take on Kazuki Hashimoto and Kazumasa Yoshida. 
Abdullah Kobayashi and Yuichi Taniguchi will take on Jackie Numazawa and Ryuji Ito. Masaki Morihiro and Yasufumi Nakanoe will take on Shigehiro Irie and Yuji Okabashi, which is a really fun tag team that they have in Big Japan. Uh, Chris Brooks and Drew Parker will take on Daisuke Sakamoto and Yuya Aoki. And yeah, like if this was like, you know, 2000 and 2018, you know, Daisuke Sakamoto, I'd, I'd feel really bad for both Brooks and, and Drew Parker. But yeah, he doesn't hit as hard as he used to, but shit, this should still be a fun match, Karen. So are all these, uh, like, again, I'm unfamiliar with it. Are these matches all just regular straight up wrestling matches or are they going to have like weapons and No, I like think definitely the afternoon show is all like strong style. Okay. And the evening, I think is pretty much, they, usually they, 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 they will announce the stipulation. Like, it. oh, it's a, it's a concrete block match, you know? Oh my or gosh. <laughs> something like that. Uh, let me just run through Kota Sekifuda versus Masaya Takashi. That's a singles match. The only one on this show. And then uh, Fuminori Abe and Takuya Nomura, one of my favorite tag teams, the astronauts, will take on the team of Masashi Takeda and Yuko Miyamoto. Two deathmatch rushers, but I don't think this is going to be a deathmatch because I, I really don't want to see Takuya Nomura in any way shape or form anywhere near a death match. Uh, and one last note is that, you know, one of the other promotions that has been affected by the state of emergency is zero one. Who's who are postponing their show on May 8th in Kumamoto to an undetermined date. So yeah, that's, that's uh, all the news and notes and, and kind of thoughts we've had in the last, you know, kind of, um, run of shows that have been happening in Japan the last couple of weeks. Uh, Karen, overall thoughts like you, you you've been keeping up with all Japan and Noah. It's is it is it, like are these kind of like your you know like things that you're really interested in going forward to just trying to keep up with? I am. I'm, I'm very excited. I think it's like we're talking about you know wrestling burnout and stuff like that. Is that I feel like it's kind. I, I always enjoy learning new things and learning about new things. So this way, I like I'm expanding the scope of my wrestling knowledge and what I. Now I'm already in my mind planning my next trip to Japan. I'm like, I want to go to this show. I want to go to this show. And but I've, but at the same time, I've also realized I've got certain types of wrestlers that I'm really into. <laughs> like I have like I, I like my aces, and I like my you know mo- not morally gray, but like the the loner kind of antihero guys. And then I like I have my like baby face juniors that I like absolutely adore. So it's like it's it's funny because I'm like starting to find like as I'm watching these other promotions, I'm like, oh, this person is like this person in New Japan. This person is like this person. I'm like, wait, I'm developing like like <laughs> I'm finding that I'm very I have my own patterns of uh preference <laughs> as it were. But it's making it interesting because it makes me want to learn more about not to draw direct parallels, but to try to find out more about the person I'm learning about versus who who they're like kind of like the substitute for and the promotion I watch the most. I mean, I think that's natural. I was like that when I would like branch off from when like my gateway is kind of like, you know, like, like New, New Japan. And then I'm watching like All Japan. I'm like, okay, he's kind of, this guy's like the Hashimoto of the group and he's the Chono, he's the Mudo. Oh wait, I can't think of it that way because then it just falls apart. Okay, that's Misawa. Okay, he, because he's, and he's Misawa. That's Kawada, that's Kobashi, that's Tawe, that's Stan Hansen, that's Johnny Ace. Okay, oh, they're not, okay, it's different. Okay, I can appreciate this for that and this for that here. Oh, and this Pro Wrestling Noah. Okay, that's different from New Japan in the 2000s, da, 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 da. So I think as you watch more, you're gonna you're gonna get your own kind of uh fandom 
for certain wrestlers and like and appreciate them not because they remind you of another wrestler you like in a different promotion but like i like this wrestler for this wrestler yeah but it's 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 a little overwhelming all this at the same time <laughs> right i i do think you know someone like like shitara shino in all japan is someone like you'd probably you know if you give him a chance you're probably like something about this guy i, I like well, Ashino has been one of the the names that has been cropping up on my timeline. I was like, this is the guy you need to watch. Okay. And then I watch it and I'm like, oh, I see. Yeah. He he he's one of the ones that falls into one of those types of wrestlers I re- I really like to support. So yeah. Well, let me check back with you in a, on a future show. Come back to to do another episode of Post Absolutely. I would love to come back. And, and we'll we'll get maybe get an update on like, okay, Karen. <laughs> Who have you been standing in the last couple of months? And then you'll you'll give us a report on. Are that. you a deathmatch queen yet? No, yes. no, I'm not. I don't. I, I pass out at the sight of blood. That's never going to happen. <laughs> are you Are you a fan of the uh, of the the garden shears being stabbed into someone's uh, forehead? No, and not those tiny like uh, bamboo sticks either. Oh God, I hate that stuff. Not the light tubes. None of it. No, I, I I've been to you know. I've been to them big Japan shows live. I've seen death matches live. It's not for me. Like I, I, if you like it, that's great. Knock yourself out. Just for me. It's like, nah, I just like my wrestling to be between two people or four people or six people. And they're just hitting each other with their, with their bodies. That's, that's fine enough for me. But uh, Karen, thank you so much for, for appearing on post Perez. Like we'll definitely have you back on. I think great. Some great insight. Like a lot of the, the cultural takes, this is kind of like, I really, why I wanted you on here for, for like, like I learned so much just listening to you talk about like, especially <laughs> like, like the, the, you know, like Rapongi 3K and like, Oh my God, that's what they said on their podcast. I didn't even know. So there, so we have that, but where, where can people find you if they want to like, if they want to say, Oh, I want to learn more about like what Karen has to say about like Japanese wrestling. If you feel like giving me a follow, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at Hey, H-E-Y, Karen, K-A-R-E-N, Sensei, S-E-N-S-A-S-E-I. Yes. So yeah, and Hey, Karen, Sensei, ask me stuff. Ask her along. stuff, yeah. But you, don't, you don't also- Don't like Google Translate, please. No, like- Because that's one of the things that happens a lot is like, hey, can you translate this? I can, but I, you could just- Here's the thing: if you translate. want, if you want Karen to translate something for you, you should ask her what her fee is. People Thank should you. be paid. People Meet should your translators. People should be paid for their work. Like, Thank you. I is, appreciate this, that. This is something that you know she worked very hard to become a master of the skill. She should be compensated for it. So if you're listening to this and you think, "Oh, can, what does this part in this book say in Japanese?" Well, you know what? If you want her to translate it, talk consult her for a fee. Okay. And then she'll give you a price, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, you can find more of me at WH Park Nine, and you know where, where I like to make fun of all the wrestlers I don't like, you know, and, and get people angry at me. So I know no one ever bothers me. It's, it's really funny, you know, Karen. Like I had my friend Davy Davy Portman uh, complain, like not complain to me, but just say to me, like, "Oh yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't, you know, praise the Kenny Omega match against Rich Swan enough, and so like all these people are coming after me. I'm like, I'm just laughing. He's like, I'm getting all the the hate you don't really get. I go, I don't get any hate. No one follows me who who likes <laughs> Kenny Omega. Like, who, who like if they do, like they don't hate me. They don't love Kenny Omega enough to hate me because I I make fun of Kenny. You know. So there you go. Anyways, uh, this weekend coming up, we're gonna have. The, the new episode of the long and winding royal road rich fan from the pro wrestling torch will join me to talk about an amazing amazing match 
from July 29th, uh, 1993 between Stan Hansen and Kenta Kobashi. And this match, Karen, I don't know if you've watched this, but like you should watch this match because it has one of the greatest finishes ever in the history I, of professional I, I heard your, your glowing praise for it. And I was very curious to ask you where I could watch it. So I'll have to chase it up after this and do a little bit of homework because if it's as good as you say it is, oof, I'm excited. It's a great match. Like just like the the just listen, there's very few matches that where the psychology of a headlock works so well in, in this match. And just like Kobashi, he's still he's like he's ascending to his role where he's gonna become the the ace alongside, you know, like Masawa in, in the company in ni- the 1990s, but he's not there yet. And he's got the the ultimate gatekeeper, the greatest gatekeeper in the history of professional wrestling, oh. Stan Hansen, the Batman Ooh. from Borger, Texas. This Ooh. is a great I'm match. Excited. Yeah, you, I, I put a link onto it. You, you can find it on my Twitter. You know, I got the link for the YouTube. That's the great thing about all Japan of the 90s, Karen. Like, no one cares. You can find all this <laughs> stuff. You can find all this stuff on the YouTube the daily motion, whatever, you know, streaming, free streaming. Oh, daily motion. Use. There we go. Oh, there you go. That's where, you, you, that's where I used to find old Noah clips. <laughs> yeah, now you can go to Billy Billy and find all this stuff as well, but you didn't oh, hear yeah. that for me. But anyway, I didn't hear anything. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyways, for, for, for Karen, I'm going to say to all the fans listening, thank you so much for supporting uh, post Perez, the long and winding road road. Check out the post Perez t-shirt over at post wrestling uh, store. And until the next time, I will say goodbye.